0: What's up everyone? Welcome to episode 12 of Preloaded, the podcast dedicated to previewing and talking about all of the biggest and most exciting upcoming video games. My name is Josh Finderup, and I am joined, as always, by the other half of preloaded, Jackson Vanover. What's up, Jackson? Hey, Josh. Not
1: much. Uh, Just a lot to get into this week. That huge cyberpunk drop, bomb dropped on us, so we have a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah, that's right. Cyberpunk did get delayed yet again. We also have a ton of next-gen console impressions that hit the internet that we're going to talk about. And Jackson and I got to play uh, Watch Dogs Legion, so we're going to talk about our hands-on impressions of that towards the end of the show. But first, you can catch Preloaded. We post the show every Friday. It used to be Monday. We switched over to Friday, and we post the video versions on our YouTube channels. You can find Jackson, he's JV on YouTube, or my channel, which is Quest Mode on YouTube. We also post the audio version of the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of those audio platforms and you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love for you to leave a review. Just look down at your phone and tap that five-star review button. That's probably the biggest thing you could do to help us grow our audience. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. We welcome all of your comments and your feedback, but we'd love to get your questions. Every week at the end of the show, we dig into our mailbag and we talk about one of the questions that you guys send to us. So please send us your questions. We love reading them and we love going over them on the show. Speaking of questions, we kick every week off with our segment, Who the Hell Are These Guys? And this is where Jackson and I talk about a, or answer a question rather, about our gaming preferences, our gaming history, so you can get to know us a bit better. And this week, because it is Spooky time. I think as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it, the day we post tomorrow is Halloween. So the question this week, Jackson is what is your favorite scary or horror game that you have ever played? All right, Josh. Uh, so this one for me
1: comes down to which game makes me feel least safe and most uncomfortable. Cause that's when I'm the most scared. And I have got a couple of games in mind, but I'm just going to give it to the one that I think still needs attention because it needs to be brought back and it's dead space. That game terrifies me. Um, Just the whole premise of being alone on a space station that is just infested with, you know, these beings that are horrifying and they're deformed, like everything about that game. And the fact that you can't pause is a huge element as well um, to making that game scary. So for me, it's it's Dead Space, and please, EA, I'm going to keep
0: banging this drum until you do it. Bring it back. Awesome. Yeah, again, I think I mentioned this previously. I haven't played the original. I did play Dead Space 2, which I loved. So one day I'd like to get to the, the, the OG Dead Space. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, for me, I'm going to go way back. So uh, it's... It's Resident Evil 2, but not the remake. It's the original Resident Evil 2, which came out for the PlayStation, I think, back in 1998. So, if you were around when this game came out, it was really a groundbreaking game. It uh, had cinematics unlike any game I had ever played at the time, and the graphics, if you look at them now, they're super rudimentary, but they... <laughs> and the controls are old school, too, on the original. I had those tank controls, but back then, it was, you know, we didn't know any better, and... It just was easily one of my favorite games of all time when it came out. So, uh, the fact that it's my favorite horror or favorite scary game is, uh, uh, it makes sense for me. I did really enjoy the remake, but I just have a lot of nostalgia for the original. Again, it right. was, yeah, it was really groundbreaking at the time. But, like, even the voice acting is terrible if you go back and look at it. But video <laughs> games were so new back then, still. I mean, vi- video games were really only like 20 years old at that point. So, Getting right. this big cinematic horror experience was, was awesome.
1: Yeah, so I just wanted to ask a little bit about Resident Evil 2. I played the first one remade. It was remade, like, I don't know, five to ten years ago. Yep. I can't remember exactly.
0: Um, is it, like, fixed camera positions in the original Resident Evil 2? Yeah, in, in the original Resident Evil 2, it was fixed camera angles, tank control, so the direction you pressed would be the direction the character would walk, even if they were facing you. So if you press forward... Right. And they were facing the camera, they'd walk towards the camera, which nowadays feels super awkward. <laughs> it does feel so weird. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, it was a great game. And the remake is fantastic uh, for both Resident Evil 2 and 3. Uh, can't wait to see where they take Resident Evil next. So... That would yeah, Village head. looks very exciting. Yep, yeah. And I'm still playing through Resident Evil 7. Uh, if I get past all those other things I'm playing right now um, for my channel, I, I plan on getting back to that. So, anyways, happy Halloween, everyone. Let us know in the comments uh what your favorite scary game is. We'd love to hear uh, if you are watching us on, on YouTube. So, with that, we are going to move on to uh, our Out This Week segment. Every week we look at the games that are coming out starting on the Monday that... Uh, the podcast posts. I guess now that will be the Monday following when we post the podcast through the following Friday. And this week we have three games. So pretty quiet week. This is kind of the calm before the storm, I feel like, Jackson. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so we actually are going to start with one that came out last week. We missed this. It's uh, Teardown. And this is a, an indie game that looks like a mix between like, a, like some sort of Lego set that you can play with and um, I actually don't know how to describe it, but these destructible environments that you can sneak through, it, it sounds like a heist game, and in order to complete the heist, you have to destroy these destructible LEGO block environments. Anyways, that comes out for Steam on PC on Thursday, October 29th, which actually will be the day prior to this posting, so that'll already be out. Uh, then we have Dirt 5, which comes out for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and PC. That's on Friday, November 6th, so we move all the way to the end of the week and another racing game comes out need for speed hot pursuit remastered on playstation 4 xbox one switch and pc and that comes out on friday again november 6th any of these catch your your eye jackson so i tear down is one i wanted to to put in here
1: just because it looks really cool we've mentioned it on the show before and we failed to put it in out this week you know uh, for our last episode Um, It's a game I definitely want to pick up and check out when it comes out tomorrow from the time we're recording this uh, podcast. So uh, yeah, just a super unique game that I actually am going to make time to play. Uh, But the other one's not so much. Dirt 5 has caught my attention just because Microsoft has put so much behind it
0: in terms of promoting it for Xbox Series X. But I honestly don't plan to play it. Yeah, I will, I think, play Dirt 5 because I believe it's on Game Pass. I'm not sure about that. But if it's on Game Pass, I'm going to download it and just you know, look at it, basically. I'll play a few, right. few races. Yeah, if I'm not paying goes. extra money, then I'll probably check it out. Yeah. Now we are going to take a look back after we do our Out This Week segment. We always do our review roundup where we look at the reviews that are coming out for the games that came out the prior week or weeks. And this week we have uh, four games on the list that we're going to look at. Ghost uh is getting great reviews. This is, again, that first-person kind of parkour-style review running game. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, it is getting an 82% average score and also 82% of critics are recommending you play it. So that's getting fantastic reviews. I'm I'm actually working on getting a review code for my channel. So I, I do want to play this game. And if I get it, I'll be able to report back and let you guys know what I f- uh, feel about it. Uh, the big one coming out this week, Watchdogs Legion, is getting, uh, I would say, decent reviews. 75% average uh, score and a and 63% of critics are recommending it. Uh, we will get into this later on in the show with our deep dive conversation. And then Pikmin 3 Deluxe is getting uh, for Switch is getting great reviews, 84% average critic rating and a 100% uh, recommended score. And then Doom Eternal: The Ancient Gods Part One. We put this on here because it was on there last week, but we didn't have any actual scores. Now they are they have rolled in and it is getting uh, 81% average. Critic score and eighty eight percent of critics are recommending it. That was a lot of talking, Jackson. Anything here uh, pique your interest? Yes. Yeah, so
1: i I want to make time for Ghost Runner. I don't think I'm going to be able to. Um, I'm glad you're getting a review code or in the process of. So I'm I'm excited to hear your impressions. But from what I've heard and watched and read, it's like if Mirror's Edge had good combat, that was like a quotable line stuck in my mind. (laughs) Um, So that's that's interesting. And I love the vibe and aesthetic. It's also not super long. So, yeah, interested to hear
0: um, what you think about it. But yeah, Legion, we're going to get into later in the video or in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I will say if it was like a quiet time, I would try Pikmin 3. I haven't played a Pikmin game and I'm. it's kind of like part of Nintendo's lineage, so I'd love to learn what that game is all about, but unfortunately just don't have the time to check it out. But uh, with that, did you have something to say, Jackson?
1: No, it's just funny because uh, that's a recurring line if you guys have been listening to the show. It's, I would play this if I only had time.
0: And we're just not going to have time it feels like until next year. Yeah, hopefully we get a lull maybe around January or February uh, that sometimes happens and maybe we'll be able to catch up with some of the games we missed from this year. So Uh, With that, we are going to take our first break, and when we get back, we are going to get into all of the news, starting with the big Cyberpunk bomb that we mentioned at the beginning of the show. So we'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to get into our Week in Preview segment. This is where we talk through all of the news that came out the prior week about all of the upcoming games. So we're going to kick things off with the big news story that dropped just recently. Cyberpunk 2077 got yet another delay Now, it was scheduled to come out on November 19th. It is now scheduled to be released on December 10th. So a three-week delay. And CDPR released a tweet announcing this on their official Twitter account. And what they said was that they, quote, miscalculated the time that it would take them to test all nine versions of the game. And basically, Jackson, you know, when I dug into this, what I found is that it's the current gen versions of the game that they're having trouble optimizing. They said that the the PC version and the next gen versions are running, as you might imagine, better. But the current gen versions are giving them a you know a bit of a hiccup in their development. Uh, so, what were your what were your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I, I think obviously disappointing off the top. Um, a lot of people were looking forward to this. A lot of people booked time off with work um, in order to play. Uh, you know, people do that every year for big releases and they had, you know, had it set before it was delayed last time and now they're gonna have to do it again. So uh, I understand it being frustrating from that perspective. Um, f- from CDPR's perspective, though, I'm glad that they're willing to delay and delay and delay and delay until they have a product they're confident in releasing. Um, that's just the kind of gamer that I am. I'm not going to get angry Um, even though I may be disappointed, uh, I'm actually relieved because this game is not in the really crowded November anymore. And now we've got a full month of Valhalla to play before cyberpunk comes
0: out. Like that's the silver lining in all of this for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you on having more time to devote to the games coming out in November. And this is, but this was the first time in a while that I can remember where I did have a a just a hint of frustration when I read this delay. Usually I'm like, you know, take all the time you need. But the fact that the last delay, they very specifically, if I recall, said there are no more delays for Cyberpunk. And they went gold, which I think on this very show we said that pretty much means there won't be any more delays. But um, it was a little frustrating with the way they've communicated it. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're taking all the time they need. This is a game that does not depend, I don't feel, on how it performs, you know, the day it releases. If there's a slight, um, it's going to perform really well, but this is going to be a game CDPR is going to support for years, and it's going to be a bestseller, I feel like, for years. So if they need to delay it to get it right at launch, uh, it's going to benefit them down the road. Sure. I I like
1: what you said about um, them supporting the game, because like, the Witcher 3 had some issues post launch um, like right after with with bugs and whatnot, and they kept supporting it and of course it got expansions and whatnot and just got better and better to the point where it's a gold standard game uh, so I absolutely expect that in any case with this game but yeah i've seen some obviously you've got some fringe people that are sending death threats and whatnot to uh cdpr obviously that's awful we never there's never an excuse to do that but People are frustrated that the PC and next-gen versions are ready. But I look, and I tweeted this, I look at the fact that the mo- vast majority of people who are going to be playing um, Cyberpunk this year or probably in the next couple of months are going to be playing it on previous-gen consoles. They just are. So, you know, why would they release this when it's not ready for the place that most people are going to be playing it? That's that's my big thing. So... um, it's obviously hard when you have a company like cdpr who has a great reputation and then they stumble several times that's what they've done once again here um but I don't know I guess I'm just optimistic I, I i'm I'm okay with
0: this personally yeah me too and uh I just have two two follow-ups is one it confirms for me that you know I believe that the best way even though i don't I've never worked for a gaming company so I might be totally off base here but it seems to me that the best way to market a game's release is to give it a very wide release window and don't announce a specific release date until you get pretty close. Um, a few games have done that in the past and it, it gets people excited when they re- announce the release date if they're certain and then they meet it, so there's that. And then I'm also curious how this is going to affect any games that come out in December, specifically Immortals Phoenix Rising. I wonder if they're just going to put that game out into the wild Uh, a week prior to this or if maybe who knows maybe they'll delay that game i don't know yeah that's it's gonna be
1: rough i mean we both played it recently and it felt like oh my god like this game could have come out today yeah at least the the slice that we got it felt very feature complete i mean it is feature complete but you know it was in a state where i was like yeah this could
0: be out today so uh we'll see how it affects immortals yep we sure will and prior to the release of Cyberpunk in December we're going to get the next gen consoles we are just coming up on that actually as this episode posts it'll be just over a week until these consoles are released and we got a bunch of PS5 impressions influencers outside of Japan finally got their hands on the console and so on Friday we got a bunch of uh Friday prior to this podcast we got a bunch of Twitter posts saying I've got my PS5 these are from influencers not Jackson and I we did not get a PS5 Um, And then this week, we got uh, the first unboxing videos, the impressions of the DualSense controller. Uh, People were able to show AstroBots or Astro's Playroom. So we uh, now know more about that game, I guess. We had already seen some of that game. And we know what comes in the box, which is the PS5 box, that is, which is uh, the controller, the the console itself, the stand, an HDMI cable, the power cord, and a USB-C cable, which is super nice. Anyhow, Jackson, did you, uh, was there anything in these impressions that caught you by surprise? Uh, I will say yes. There, there was one thing that stood out to me. Um, first off,
1: this thing is massive. We already knew that. But just seeing more pictures of it out in the wild compared to other consoles, the PS5 is huge. It's just way bigger than the Xbox Series X. And bigger than any other console, I feel like, almost ever? I I don't want to be quoted on that, but it's by volume, it's
0: the largest console ever released. That has been
1: confirmed. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, The big, so that was one. Number two was all of the really good feedback on the controller, the haptic feedback. That was something that we saw... PlayStation talk about we're like, why are they marketing this so much? Why are they talking? So apparently it's the real deal like the trigger depression how you get more resistance as you pull further down and how that can apply and feel different across many different weapons in a game like destiny, for example, or any shooter. Um, I think that's going to be big. And it could be something. It's kind of hard again to market because even we were confused. We're like, what's, you know, what's the big deal about this, but you have to feel it, you know, with your hands. So um, that really surprised me. I saw a lot of great
0: impressions on the controller. Yeah, people seem really pleased with the controller, the way it feels, and yeah, how the new features uh, panned out. So that's great. The other thing that surprised me is that Astro's Playroom, while I'm still not expecting it to last very long, I think this is going to be a short experience. From what I can tell, this is an actual game. This it's It is also kind of a tech demo, and they are Very focused on PlayStation 5 features within the game and explaining them and also going over some of the PlayStation history within the game, which is cool. But it is actual from what I saw, this is like a, this is a game. This is something you can play from start to finish. Again, it might only last a few hours, but that's, that was nice to see that this isn't just like a pure tech demo. Yes, I, I'm right there with you. it
1: I don't I can't guarantee that I'm gonna play it but uh, <laughs> I, I, like it looks cool the way it utilizes the tech and oftentimes when you get these tech demos with new consoles, they are the best utilization of the tech for the entire life cycle of the console.
0: yeah yeah well um, they, they, yeah uh, as far as playing it, I saw someone tweet uh, you can play Astro's playroom while you're downloading all of the day one patches for the games uh, coming out for PlayStation 5. There you go. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we also got some uh, more influencer impressions of the Xbox Series S and X. It looks like uh, some of the embargoes apparently lifted for the people who had the uh, privilege of getting this console early. Uh, I didn't take too much time to look at these, Jackson. Did you see anything in these unboxings that uh, was particularly new or interesting? I wouldn't say particularly interesting
1: uh we just got a look at the box which people freak out about packaging and i'm not one of those people um it looks pretty slick but yeah it comes with the unit controller with batteries power cable hdmi 2.0 or 2.1 and instructions um i didn't find it as exciting as the playstation unboxing but only because we've seen the uh xbox series x for um, like I don't know, almost a year, I want to say. Like, they released this thing or revealed what it looked like a while back. I'm actually blanking on exactly when they do that. It so, was the Game Awards last year. There you go. So it's been over a year or almost a year. Um, So it's been out in the wild. It's more of a known quantity
0: compared to the PS5. So it's not as just like shock, like, oh my God, there's a new console, if that makes sense. Yeah, and influencers got their first, you know, hands-on experiences with the Xbox Series X like uh, almost a month ago. So yeah, this wasn't terribly... uh uh revealing however Xbox did release on their YouTube channel a like a 15 minute walkthrough slash uh showcase for the Xbox series X and the UI and I, I would definitely recommend going and watching it if you're excited about the release of the series X uh, this is kind of akin to what playstation did last week where they revealed the UI and what they showed off was some um, kind of minor stuff with regards to the UI we got to see these dynamic backgrounds that you can Swap in and out when you are looking at just the UI itself. We also got to see something they just called the guide, which is a um, over. It's like an overlay that appears on the uh, uh, over paused gameplay. So if you press the X button, the Xbox button on your controller, it'll bring bring up this guide, and that's where you'll be able to switch between titles uh, using the quick resume feature. It's where you'll get to see your friends list and you know party chat requests and all that stuff. So um, again, nothing really surprising but it's nice to see how the the ui is going to look uh then they played a few games gears 5 dirt 5 and subnautica Um, i guess we'll get into kind of the features they showed off in those games but as far as the ui goes was there anything you wanted to touch on here jackson overall it feels like xbox is just trying to be the xbox
1: family of devices and they're just trying to have uh, a cohesive flow between all of them so to me, when they showed off this UI, I'm like, that looks like exactly what my Xbox One X looks like. Almost exactly. I'm sure there's new stuff like with the quick resume and the, and the guide, but um, it, it's it's very samey. It's not that shock value
0: that you get from the PS5 when they when Sony showed off their UI. Yeah. The guide to me was the most interesting thing. And honestly, that wasn't that interesting, but at the same time, like right. I'm not looking for the UI to blow me away. So it's not like I was disappointed. Um, just getting back to the games, they did show that like Gears Five will run on. Maybe I don't know if this was new information, but that it's if you're playing on the Series X, it'll use the uh, high res textures that they use for PCs who are running the game on ultra settings. So that it obviously looked beautiful. Uh, and yeah. um, then they meant they showed Subnautica what that would look like using the auto HDR feature, which is where all I don't know if it's all, but a lot of backwards compatible games will just automatically implement H- HDR. So that's cool. Um, and then they they showed that the store had been redesigned. Um, you had mentioned, we chatted really quickly before the show. You had mentioned that this kind of stood out to you. Why why was that? Oh, just that uh, it looks more slick. Um, I think it looks more next gen.
1: Um, but again, it I mean, the store looks like the Xbox One X store. So it, it feels like this entire presentation, um, like you said, we've already seen this stuff out in the wild. It wasn't, you know, super shocking, but um, Yeah, this whole thing was designed to show off the new store, which just launched
0: on all of the Xbox platforms. Yep. Yeah. And the one the other thing I do want to touch on is they did talk about the how the Xbox app on your phone will uh, interact with the Xbox. Like if you upload a screenshot using the new share button or a, a gameplay clip, it'll automatically be accessible on your phone so you can post it to social media. That's that's actually pretty cool.
1: That is cool. It's always been kind of clunky to, to post directly from the console, yeah. so it's good that
0: we have an alternative. Yep. Um, so that's all the next-gen console news we got. We also got a, uh, moving to the other uh, three of the big three, we don't talk about Nintendo, at least we haven't lately because it's all been Sony and Microsoft, but Nintendo did drop a uh, mini partner showcase, a, a, what do they call these, a mini direct partner showcase, It's kind of confusing, but... uh, They can't decide on the wording. (laughs) Yeah, but there was some exciting news here. We got to see Bravely Default 2, which got unfortunately delayed to February 26th of 2021. That was not a surprise to me. Uh, I I would would have been shocked had they released that game this year. Um, We got to see No More Heroes 1 and 2 are coming to Switch today, with No More Heroes 3 finally getting a release in hopefully 2021. And then they showed that Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity has a demo that's out now. So if you're a Breath of the Wild fan and you want to get uh, back into that world, you can do that right now with that demo. But the really interesting news in this uh, showcase was that um, Hitman 3 and Control Ultimate Edition are going to be available on the Nintendo Switch via a streaming solution. I'm not sure exactly how this is going to look, but you can stream... Control, which is a incredibly demanding game, to the Switch, and when Hitman Three releases, you'll also be able to stream that. So this is crazy, Jackson. It is. It's mind blowing, and it also came out of
1: nowhere. Like this is not Nintendo uh, coming out with this new sol- tech solution and marketing the Switch, like all behind it. It's it's just not. They're essentially providing a way to work around the hardware. Um, and and use the
0: cloud and streaming, which is not something that I think any of us really expected from the Switch. Yeah, I certainly didn't. I know they had done this with, I think it was Resident Evil 7, and there was a different game in Japan. It might have been Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm not sure that for... I think you're right about that. Yeah, for whatever reason, they they, they were able to do pull this off in Japan, maybe because that's where the servers were, I don't know. But now this is going to be available uh, at least in North America, maybe worldwide, actually, I'm not sure if they said, but... Nonetheless, very cool, and they did say this was via GameSpot. GameSpot had a bit of a a deeper dive into this uh, technology, I guess you could say, and they said, quote, Control Ultimate Edition Cloud version is available right now, and it requires a Nintendo account as well as a high-speed internet connection. Before you purchase the game, you'll have the chance to test your setup to make sure it will run smoothly, and after that, you'll be able to purchase an access pass. So you will... you know, you'll know basically before you buy the game if you're going to be able to pull this off with your internet connection. Right, and that that's important. That's something that personally
1: I would absolutely need to guarantee before pulling the trigger on something like this. Yeah,
0: yeah. So cool if you are a Switch owner uh, and a, a Nintendo fan. We finally got a, a pretty, pretty decent-sized Direct, which we haven't had a lot of those this year. Um, speaking of game news getting revealed, PlayStation... Posted to their blog um, that they are going to have uh, uh, what I guess what they posted was their November releases for PlayStation Plus, and they also revealed their full lineup for the PlayStation Plus collection. But I think we already knew this lineup. Nonetheless, the games that are coming to PS Plus, you might have to help me out here, Jackson. I know it was Bug Snacks. That's the PS5 game that's coming, Um, and. The PS4 was Shadow of War, which is a great release, and then I can't remember what the other one was. Did you have that? Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not positive on that. Um, We can double check. Oh, it's Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. There we go. So, uh, anyways, those that's an awesome November for the PS Plus uh, free games that are coming out. And then, yeah, Jackson, were there any new games that they revealed in this PlayStation Plus collection lineup, or was this what we basically knew beforehand? I think this is what we knew beforehand. Um, there may be one or two that are different, but it's hard for me to pick them out of the bunch. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, the PlayStation Plus collection looks awesome. Uh, I got a, a, a DM in my on my Twitter account from one of our listeners who brought this up, and they were talking about how they had never played any of these games because they're new to PlayStation. And I'm like, man, I'm jealous that you get to play all these games <laughs> for free. So many good games in the PlayStation Plus collection. Yeah, and... Forgive me if I'm wrong, aren't they updated? They're like brought up, they're accelerated to a degree. They're power boosted, I think is the terminology. Yeah, as far as I know, PlayStation has been a bit more vague on how they're upgrading their games. But, you know, we know that like God of War is going to run uh, in, an enhanced version. Spider. Well, actually, no, Spider-Man has its own remaster. So like that's a great example of, um, I, even though I don't think Spider-Man is on this list, but Bloodborne, that's a great example. I think a lot of people have been waiting for an announcement on a PS5 Uh, kind of upgraded version, but I don't think we've gotten one. So as opposed to Xbox, who has basically said all games are going to get some sort of enhancement. Right. Yeah. So uh, moving on, we did get some bad PlayStation game news as well. Uh, Although for a game, I'm not sure how many people were looking forward to. uh, Destruction All-Stars got delayed until February 2021. And I don't mean to be disparaging to this game, but compared to everything else coming out in the fall i think that this was a really smart move uh, for this game because this i think was just going to get overlooked otherwise it's also worth noting that it is going to be free on PlayStation Plus for 2 months at the time that it releases so that's also i think going to give this game a boost yeah i i this was just
1: not on my personal radar um and like josh said we could just be different gamers than you if it was on yours so um bummer for people
0: that were excited for it but hopefully you get a better game on the other side yeah and i think like i think this game is a full price 70 dollar game um so the fact that it is now going to be free on playstation plus uh i hope it i hope it does really well and i hope this is a great multiplayer game it'd be great if playstation could have this new multiplayer platform to build on as the playstation 5 uh builds its install base Absolutely. It looks quirky and different. So yeah. I, I wish it the best. Yeah, same. So we are now going to get into our quick hits uh, section. This is where we just kind of rattle off the remaining stories that uh, we might not have had time to dive into in full. First off, uh, No Man's Sky is coming to the PS5 with a ton of upgrades. I didn't have a chance to look at this, Jackson. Do you know what these upgrades are? Yes, uh, just like fuller environments.
1: So there's, there's actual like the the procedurally generated planets that you visit are more full with detail and uh vegetation i guess you could say more animals and stuff so just higher detail um and 32 player multiplayer on playstation 5 which i've never played no man's sky multiplayer but
0: that sounds insane that sounds awesome um yeah yeah Yeah, that's intense i've never played no man's sky but uh i have heard only good things since they started really focusing on uh, you know, upgrading it since its initial launch. Uh, next, Xbox. As I alluded to earlier, they came out with a... I think it was a blog post or maybe a... I'm not sure where this information was released, but Xbox said, they confirmed, that all Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One games will be available to play on your Xbox Series S and X and that they will all look and play better to, I think, varying degrees. And this is more or less information we knew, but now they've really confirmed it's everything.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I see this almost as a clapback at uh, Sony, you know, listing 11 games or nine games, however many it was, that you can't play on PlayStation 5 that were on PlayStation 4. But here's Microsoft with original Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One games. So there's a real
0: difference there between these consoles. Yep. Yeah. And uh, staying on the Xbox front, we got some bad news Halo Infinite's director, Chris Lee has left the project, and I believe this is the third uh, kind of uh, high-level creative on this project who has left. So again, some some not-so-good news for Halo, but uh, still very hopeful that this game turns out to be the, the game that Xbox uh, wants, and I think frankly needs it to be. Uh, but uh, some, something's going on over there. Yeah, they, they need a win at this point, Halo and 343. Yep, yeah. So uh, we'll look forward to some uh, future news on Halo about when that game is actually going to come out. It's right now scheduled for 2021, sometime in, or yeah, 2021, sometime next year. Uh, and lastly, uh, Phil Spencer, the, the kind of the head over at Xbox, he came out with an interview on a website uh, that I have not heard of, uh, Stratechery. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, Stratechery.com. Anyway, he discussed uh, the future of Xbox Game Pass, and he brought up this notion of a, a streaming stick. Here's the direct quote. Quote, I think you're going to see lower priced hardware as part of our ecosystem when you think about streaming sticks and other things that somebody might want to just plug into their TV and go play via xCloud, he said. Uh, he also went on to say, quote, you could imagine us even having something that we just included in the Game Pass subscription that gave you an ability to stream xCloud games to your television and buying the controller. So uh, that's super interesting. We put this in the quick hit section just because it's nothing confirmed, but uh cool to know that they're thinking about this yeah it kind of brings the
1: google stadia idea almost um, to the to to the table for xbox specifically and xcloud so we know all these companies are looking into this stuff in one way or another i think save for sony and playstation
0: yeah i i think that i would not be surprised if this is the end goal for game pass to basically be either an app that is pre-installed on TVs that you buy or that they have a really low-cost device that you can use to them stream games to a device. Basically, just any way that they can get these games for a low price into as many people's hands as possible. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see this come to fruition. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Bring it on. I'm excited for all this new tech. Yep. So again, just about a week and a half away from the release of the Series X. It's hard to believe. And then the PlayStation 5, not long after that, uh, lots to look forward to. But we are going to talk now in our deep dive discussion about a game that is, as of listening to this podcast, it's out right now. That's Watch Dogs Legion. So Jackson and I were fortunate enough to get review copies of this game, and we have spent a lot of time play, or at least I shouldn't speak for you, Jackson. I've spent a lot of time playing it, um, and uh, we're going to talk about our impressions of the game. So since I've spent most of the time talking on this podcast, I just want to uh, hand it over to you and hear what your impressions were of Watch Dogs Legion.
1: Sure, yeah, so uh, I've played probably between five and ten hours, which that may shock some of you um, as far as since I've had I've had the my hands on the game um, for a while now, and uh, that's for one reason or another. but let's focus on the game. Uh, I've spent most of my time doing weird, crazy things, like trying to recruit grandmas um, to my <laughs> dead sec you know, little pin of operatives that I can choose from. Um, And I had a fun time doing that. I made a video, so I'm going to plug that on my channel. But um, generally, overall, I see the biggest standout thing for this game as what everyone's been talking about, which is play as anyone. And I I read a review or I listened to a review where they compared it almost to a roguelike, which I hadn't thought of in that way. It's almost like... Yeah, it's so bear with me. It's randomized. The people, the people are randomized. So it's adding that element of randomness that changes your experience every time you play. So Josh's, however many hours he's played, have probably been pretty different from mine insofar as the operators that we've found, that we've used, and how we've tackled situations now. There's gonna be some overlap, and there is plenty of it, and I'm sure Josh will talk about that too. Um, between, uh, I- I've run into the same models of people, and I was worried about that, and I, I- that's happened to me. I've run into the same voices, um, but it hasn't really bothered me because I I, I see what's going on here and just the effect the idea that you can play as anyone like they pull it off really well in the game like you can feel that every single person on the street corner they feel unique even though you're seeing some sameness there um did
0: that really affect your experience josh no i actually didn't notice a lot of repetition um which is interesting i mean i i spent i would say at least 15 hours with the game maybe even 20 and uh I similarly didn't spend a lot of time on the the main story path. I just kind of spent a lot of time experimenting with this play as anyone system. Um, So no, I didn't notice any, the the, the recruitment missions were pretty varied for me and I didn't see any repeat character models. I did notice that some of the voices definitely sounded like modulated, like they didn't record them multiple times, but they just tried to make them sound different. Yes, I've heard that. They changed
1: the pitch yeah um and also i don't know if you've noticed when there's dialogue uh it kind of feels like all of these lines are written to fit like a very vague response absolutely yeah i did notice that yeah so and and again but again that kind of feeds back into the play as anyone like that's a that's a concession that i'm giving this game
0: because what we get out of it is really cool in my opinion yeah i'm definitely uh right there with you i Forgive this game for if there is repetitious content or if there is something that seems like uh the, they didn't spend as much time producing it because there is just so much uh content I, I I don't know how else to put it you just have to have a lot of content in order to fill out this world where you have I think they said there's like 9 million different randomized residents in London so uh but to that point and you mentioned this I felt that the system works really well there was some really exciting stuff I experienced like uh I found someone, if you wander around the world, so you can mark recruits, and if you mark recruits, then they are saved to your potential, your list of potential recruits. And you can actually access in the menu this list of people, and each of them, or I should say some of them, have associates, people that they know in the world, and it'll actually list in the UI who these people are, and you can then click on that. It'll open up where these people are in the world, and you can go see what they're doing. Um, so I felt like that was interesting. And then I decided to experiment with that. And I ended up killing someone who was an associate of one of my known recruits. And nothing happened. But then like five minutes later, I got this notification that I had a new mission. And it said that that person who I killed had a doctor. And that doctor hates DeadSec. Now, this doctor is a real person in the world. They actually exist. You can go and see what they're up to. But I, they ended up kidnapping one of my uh, recruits. And I had to go save them. So just by killing this random person in the world, I ended up triggering a mission that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. I thought that was just awesome. Yeah, that
1: is so cool. And I'm I, that was awesome to see. Uh, Josh hasn't plugged it yet, but he had, he made a great video showing off ten sort of tips um, yeah. for Watchdogs Legion. And um, I was shocked to see that in your video. But then I went to play the game this morning. Same thing happened to me. I actually. Uh, killed a clan Kelly, or I knocked him out. I knocked out a clan Kelly guard. He was a commander, um, and he hated DeadSec. As a result, he already didn't like DeadSec, but then he yeah. hated it. You know, you got the double thumbs down, and um, he decided to kidnap one of my other operatives. And it wasn't a direct connection, but kind of that choice and effect, and co- uh, sorry, cause and effect, choice and consequence. Those things feel real
0: in this game. It's really cool. Yeah, and just one other example of this, there's kind of the opposite effect. I saw someone, I just noticed someone that was being held up by an Albion guard. Albion is like the security force in the game. They were holding this person at gunpoint and that person, it was noted in, again, the UI was a friend of one of my potential recruits. So I saved them and then like five seconds later, I got a notification that their friend decided to join Dead Second, which is cool because normally you have to... Uh, execute or poor choice of words, you have to perform, I guess, these uh, uh, recruitment missions to get someone to join your team. So that's a way to get people to join your team without even doing a recruitment mission. And that's awesome. That's another layer of
1: variability. I haven't run into a specific scenario that like you're talking about. But again, I watched your video and that was awesome to see. Um, What was also awesome to see was the really cool and unique uh, operatives you found like the guy who can who, who's a uh, street performer who can pretend he's a statue to get away from pursuers that's so
0: cool yeah very cool and there's another moment in my video and thanks for plugging it by the way uh definitely go check out my video if you want some tips on on how to get the most out of watchdogs legion but there was another person i found that i do show in the video that is a magician and she's like got this uh little stop or uh, yeah like a stopwatch that she's swinging back and forth like a hypnotist would and apparently, her special ability—I haven't experimented with this—but it is to get people to switch allegiances. So, what I want to try and do is to get find someone who doesn't like DeadSec and then see if I can hypnotize them to like DeadSec. I have a suspicion that that's what her ability is, which is that really cool. is so cool, Josh. Yeah. Like, I I I want to know if you're able to do that.
1: Me too, um, <laughs> because yeah, it's it's just you know, in games like this where there's a lot of variability, you always want to look for the things that either add add value, whether it's like a gameplay in a gameplay way or just like it's hilarious and funny and off the wall. And I feel like Legion has a lot of that. Like I'm I'm actually fascinated to go and search around London as I'm playing through the story and find how many
0: unique recruits, uh, you know, are possible how many archetypes are out there. Yeah, it really rewards experimentation, almost unlike any game I've played. And and that's great. I I just have to hand it to Ubisoft. They, they did pull off this new system and it does actually put a new spin on the open world genre, which I think a lot of people, I, I feel like it is, you know, growing a little stale, kind of the same open world games over and over again. So it's nice to see that this worked out.
1: Yeah, it is. And one thing I, I watched, um, I'll give a little shout out to Mr. Matty plays. I watched his review, um, this morning, uh, cause all the reviews went up at like 8am when the embargo lifted. Yeah. And, um, his he mentioned actually that this game to get the most out of it which is some he kind of articulated it in a way that i was feeling but i couldn't put into words you have to put into this game what you want to get out of it and that means switching operatives and trying different ways to uh complete an objective because you'll find um i think josh mentioned sorry to keep telling people what you said but no worries uh, yeah your video is just top of mind um Spider bot. Easiest way to get everything done. Same thing I think goes for the cargo gr- cargo drone. You just fly that thing onto a roof. There you yeah. go. There, there's a there's a door on the roof open. You can get in. So there is an easy way to get past everything, but it is up to you to use your operatives and kind of have
0: fun and experiment. Yeah, totally agree. Um, So, I mean, I really like my time with the game. However, I do want to touch on a few things that I think uh, were less than ideal. Uh, I think the combat in the game is pretty, um, it's super bare bones, and and I just found it not to be fun. Um, if you're using guns, it's a little better. I think the gunplay is okay, but the hand-to-hand combat, they introduced this new melee system that wasn't in Watch Dogs 1 or 2, but it's just, it's so basic. There are three buttons, they don't do much, and it just, I felt like every time I was fighting more than one person, I was just like, uh, could this please be over? Uh, So that was a bit of a drag. And uh, then the hacking mechanics, which actually this isn't on the negatives. Um, I just want to say that that if you don't dive into this play as anyone system and you just are playing kind of the typical Watch Dogs hacking mechanics, it feels very much like Watch Dogs 2. There's not much new there that I experienced.
1: No, they they talk about innovating on Melee, but they kind of just replaced Melee with a system that is bare bones in other games. You know what I mean? So it doesn't really push the envelope there, and I'm right there with you on hacking. It's it's very similar. Which, if you're a fan of this series, is fine. But if you're just hopping in, you might be like, mm, "I wish there was more here."
0: Yeah. And uh, the the last thing I want to touch on um, first, I want to ask Jackson: Did you encounter any 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 bugs or anything in the game? No. Um. Uh, maybe like a visual, but like
1: maybe. Like someone died and they kind of fell over in a goofy way, like a physics thing. That's
0: probably the only bug that I found. Yeah, I found a number of those. However, if you've been, uh, if you've kept your ear to the ground on Watch Dogs Legion, you may know that there is a pretty pretty severe bug for Xbox One users. And I did encounter this bug. Basically, you get to a part of the story and it hard crashes your Xbox. And uh, I know Ubisoft is aware of this. I sent them an email and they they're definitely aware. Um, But if you are going to play this game, as far as I know, this is just an Xbox One X and Xbox One S problem. If you have a base Xbox One, I don't think that this occurs. Anyhow, it is pretty serious. Like you just get to this part of the story and you can't get past it. So just know that if you're purchasing this game on the Xbox and do some research, this is something that will get patched, no doubt. So uh, just you might want to wait to uh, make sure that it has been fixed if you're going to buy this on the Xbox one. Yes, uh, everything Josh just said. That's one of just the things
1: that can absolutely ruin a playthrough of a game. Your first experience with it and you can't progress sucks. So while this hasn't happened to me just because I haven't played enough of the game, um, it's a real thing. Yeah. So be careful, guys. Check the news. If Ubisoft comes out and says that this thing is completely ironed, completely ironed out, excuse me. Then you got the green light.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, same for me. If you, if this game looks like it's up your alley, I highly recommend it uh, from a gameplay standpoint. Technically, it needs a little work, but uh, the gameplay was, I, I just had a fantastic time.
1: Yes. I actually want to say one more thing. London is gorgeous. And um, I usually don't like to play games in 30 FPS. This did not bother me. London looks great. Just like driving around in the world, running around the world, um, taking in the environment, the,
0: the graphics. It looks great. Yeah, and uh, to that point, it uh, does have a free upgrade to next-gen consoles, I I believe. I'm like 95% sure that Ubisoft is providing the next-gen version for free for people who purchase it on current-gen, so uh, keep that in mind if you are planning on getting a PS5 or a Series X. I did see a screenshot comparison between um, the, the Xbox One X version and the Xbox Series X version. I think that was the comparison I was looking at. Anyways, it it applies ray tracing and you can definitely tell the difference it looks way better uh, i was really impressed with it actually i'm so excited for ray tracing on consoles yeah yeah so that's 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 pretty cool so anyways um stay tuned uh, i don't know um i don't know if i'm gonna have time to post any more content for watchdogs on my channel what about you jackson I may. Uh, I'm at a maybe. Actually, I am going to do an unboxing, uh, which might
1: already already be up by the time this podcast goes up, but um, I got the collector's edition, so I may unbox that and then show you guys kind of the items in game that you get from it.
0: Cool. And on my channel, again, if you want to get some kind of beginner tips and tricks for how to uh, work your way through this world, head over to my channel. I've got a video that you'll want to check out. And with that, we are going to take our second break, and we will be right back to talk about Uh, what we've been playing, other than Watch Dogs. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to talk about what we have been playing, and uh, I hope I'm not disappointing uh, many or anybody out there when I say that what I've been playing is Watch Dogs Legion. So I pretty much covered this in our previous segment, but Jackson, what have you been spending your time playing other than Watch Dogs Legion, if anything? Other than Watch Dogs Legion,
1: um, not a whole lot, but I have been playing outside of that game. And it's been uh Warzone, more Call of Duty, Modern Warfare before uh, yeah, Black Ops Cold War comes out. And they came out with a zombies royale mode. It's just dumb fun, guys. It's so fun. You uh, everyone starts as a human, but if you die, you become a, you come back as a zombie, and then you can hunt down and attack other players in, you know, Battle Royale in this big open world map. And so I thought it was a really fun, creative, live service-y free update to a game that I already owned. Um, that I really appreciated. So if you're up for some dumb fun, uh, maybe find some friends and play some Zombies Royale while
0: the mode is still up. It's probably going to be taken down pretty soon,
1: but that's what I've been spending my time with.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's got to be fun uh, in the lead up to Cold War, which uh, is, when is, when is the release date for Cold War? I believe it's just the launch day for both consoles, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's the 10th and the 12th, or it's just the 12th. Awesome. Right around the corner. Uh, with that, yeah. we're... We're going to move on to our, uh, our, our mailbag. So every week at the end of the show, we read a question from one of our listeners or our viewers, if you're on YouTube. And this week, David writes in and he asks, this is a big one. What are your top three games from this generation before the new generation launches? So, uh, Jackson, I don't know if you're doing this off the top of your head or if you've got <laughs> a list prepared, but uh, I don't. So I'm going to ask you to go first.
1: Okay, that's only fair. Um, So, David, thank you for the question. First off, thanks for writing in. Thank you for your support. And this is such a good question. I thought it was perfect before these new consoles come out. Top three games of this generation is a huge question. It's been such a long generation. Um, So we've got so many games to kind of sift through and think through. I think for me, um, God of War is top of mind. Um, It it presents itself as more of a a soft reboot. But um, when that game came out, it just absolutely blew me away. I fell in love with it. And I thought it was just a fantastic um, piece of entertainment. You know, video game or movie, whatever, across the board. Uh, So that's one. Two. Oh, man. I'm leaning towards... I want to say, sorry, I'm taking so long here. We could Horizon? trade off. I could, I mean, if you yeah, want yeah. to do
0: like you, then me. And you, you, okay. ju- you just named one that I was going to name. So, but I've got a, I've actually built up a list in my head. So I'll go with oh, a different one. Oh, you go for it. You go yeah. for it. Um, so I am going to go with a game that I played recently, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Absolutely one of my favorite games of the generation, Uh, you know, I spent more time, I think I spent more time in that game than any other game this generation and just the world fascinated me. Ancient Greece has always been interesting to me and the um, the gameplay loop for whatever reason, you know, never felt repetitive. It. Uh, I never felt like the grind in that game was uh, overly tedious. I was just super excited to do everything that the game asked me to do. Hunting down the cult members, um, sailing around, you know, was just gorgeous. Uh, can't say enough about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that I like Assassin's Creed Valhalla as much. But I'm, I just the world doesn't interest me as much. But nonetheless, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, what a game! Awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm actually gonna let you have Horizon because um, I've thought <laughs> of another one. Um, I'm actually gonna go Ghost of Tsushima. I mean the. I love Sucker Punch. I love their games. I love the way that they make them. But I think that game surpassed my expectations, which was kind of hard. I had Mm -hmm. a lot of hype for it. But at the same time, um, I think it's a very masterful open world game that relies more on natural exploration through the guiding wind that I really appreciated. Their world design I thought was fantastic. And Legends, uh, I'm going to put some more time into that when the raids come out this weekend. And that just pushes it even further for me. Um, I, I kind of have I have recency bias. I'll be completely honest. So a lot of these games that I mention are going to
0: be newer. But Ghost of Tsushima, I think, deserves it no matter what. Nice. Yeah, I've heard great things. Nothing but great things about Legends. So that's that's a that's a great addition to the list. Uh, the next one I'm gonna go with is what you had started with was Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn. That's my favorite uh, first party Sony PlayStation game uh, of the generation. I just love the the combat. I think I, I to this day think is the best combat in any open world or any action adventure uh, that I've maybe ever played, how you take down those huge mechanical beasts is just awesome. And again, I think I've talked about this before on the show, but the fact that they were able to create these cool creatures and then actually justify them with this really fascinating story of how the world became to be like it is and how this, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but the story is really interesting. And uh, then just the world itself is beautiful. Uh, Loved exploring it. Great open world. Uh, If you haven't played Horizon or maybe if you're getting a PS5 and you're new to PlayStation, that would be at the top of my list of games to play. Awesome. Yeah, Horizon's fantastic. There's a reason it came to mind
1: for me. Um, Oh, man, this is tough. I I think I'm going to say, however, uh, I'm going to say Red Dead, which may surprise some of you. But um, I just think that Rockstar made almost a perfect open world game um and they made it very realistic and kind of grounded and for some people that turned them off but for me it really kind of sucked me in and immersed me into that turn of the century turn of the 20th century um setting so um for
0: me red dead 2 is a generational game and that's why it belongs here nice actually i that was it did not click for me (laughs) red dead but i wish it had because man what a world it's gorgeous Um, my last pick, so I want to give a shout out to, this is not it, but I I do want to give a kind of a runner's up to, um, The Last of Us Remastered, but since that's technically based off a previous gen game, uh, that won't be the one I'm also going to do a bit of a cop out for the actual pick. It's going to be a combination of Bloodborne and Sekiro. Um, I could not get into the Souls games, still can I've tried multiple times, but Bloodborne, whew, that game hooked me and one of the quickest 60 hours I've ever experienced in a game. I played that game for 60 hours and it felt like 10. And then um, when I played Sekiro, same thing. Just couldn't stop playing it. Uh, the challenge was um, almost insurmountable and that's what makes those games so great. When you do beat a boss or eventually beat the game, you feel like you've actually accomplished something worthy of the time that you put into it. Uh, it's so rewarding. And um, I really can't wait for whatever From Software has next. And I also can't wait for Demon Souls. Gosh, me neither. That's a
1: great answer. Josh, um, I'm going to sneak some runners up in there, too. Uh, <laughs> for me, honorable mentions. Yeah, Bloodborne's in there. Also, Last of Us Part Two. It's hard for me to be like, this is the best, you know, my favorite. Sorry, yeah. it's hard for me to say this is my favorite. But man, if I don't respect the hell out of that game just for what it's achieved and the storytelling and the presentation, the technical prowess, like, my goodness, that is a game we'll be talking about for years uh,
0: with that. We are going to end the show. We appreciate everyone who wrote in. And actually, David, we didn't mention. Thanks for writing in. Or maybe Jackson did. But uh, you can write in to preloaded. This is what I forgot to mention. You can write in to preloaded at preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. So again, send us your questions. Send us even uh, feedback you have on the show. We'd love to hear from you. We do read all of your messages. And if you're, again, listening on any of the audio formats, you can... um, rate the show and we would very much appreciate it if you are enjoying that you drop a five-star review or even a written review. If you're feeling generous, you can tell people why you like listening to the show. Um, before we go, Jackson, is there anything else you want to plug on your, sh- on your, uh, your channel? Uh, yeah. So I, I, made a
1: video where I hunt, hunted for grandmas in Legion, a very different kind of video, but check it out on my channel. Um, also follow me on social media platforms. I'm at JV
0: on YT. Nice. And, uh, On my channel, again, you can watch the uh, Essential Tips video I posted for Watch Dogs Legion. So if you're playing it and you want to find out a few things you can do to make your life a little easier in that game, go check that out. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Games, And we just want to thank everyone for listening to the show and watching on our channels. We will see you next week. Bye, guys.